listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta, and we're very glad to have you along as well. BTGprogram.com or at BTG Program Sports Talk without all the trash talk. Michael Vick is set to be honored later this year as a Pro Bowl Legends captain at the league's all-star event in Orlando. At last look, somewhere around half a million signatures have been gathered to object to such an honor asking the NFL to remove Vic from the event. The petition gives background, of course, on Vic's past involvement in a dogfighting ring. It reads, Out of the hundreds of professional football athletes who have led upstanding lives, the NFL has chosen a convicted dogfighting organizer as someone who they want to honor. Benjamin Watson of the New England Patriots tweeted in response to the Sports Illustrated article about Vic in the petition, Michael Vic has paid his debt, 17 months in Leavenworth, over a decade ago. The names on this petition are unaware or more likely unconcerned with justice and truth. Torrey Smith, he won Super Bowls with both the Ravens and Eagles. He said through Twitter, he served his time and has been remorseful. At some point, you have to let a person that has taken full advantage of their second chance live their life. I say that as an advocate for the animals. Yet if you listen to many callers into call radio or read the comments or read the tweets, you find there are many who disagree with those sentiments. Heck, half a million people signed their name to the petition. They clearly do not agree. The petition also says, Michael Vick should not be placed in a position of honor. The dogs who were tortured and killed deserve to be remembered and honored, not the man who played a part in their suffering. You know, Michael Vick spent 21 months in a federal prison, 548 days, and despite his considerable NFL earnings, he would declare bankruptcy. He has had his fair shares of troubles in his life. I'm sure he'd admit that. Most of which he'd probably admit he brought upon himself. There was an incident with a fan where he gave an obscene gesture. There was a civil lawsuit against him from a woman alleging she contracted genital herpes from him and that he visited clinics under the alias Ron Mexico to get treatments. There were associates who were arrested in Virginia for distributing marijuana driving a truck which was registered to Vic. Other associates who were traveling with him were alleged to have stolen a watch at an airport. Now, Vic makes no excuses. In fact, since that time, Vic has made numerous charitable appearances and has worked closely with the United Way. In addition to serving his sentence, he's worked to advocate for greater laws to eradicate animal cruelty and abuse. He's also been active in raising scholarship money in honor of the victims of the Virginia Tech shooting. And he's paid back nearly every cent of the $17.6 million that he owed when he originally filed for bankruptcy back in 2008. That's unheard of. Vic opted to file for Chapter 11 instead of Chapter 7. Chapter 7 would have allowed him to liquidate his assets and not owe anything more. But he made the unconventional move of kicking in future income to pay off his creditors, Vic told ESPN in 2014, I didn't want to stiff people who never stiffed me. One of the officials handling Vic's bankruptcy case 
said paying 99 cents on the dollar, which he did, is remarkable. It happens in maybe one out of 100 cases. But let's make sure a guy like that never gets honored, right? Look, I was raised to care for animals. I think dogfighting is horrific. I think the thing he was involved with is horrific. I think abusing animals is despicable. But this is a man who has paid his debt. He served his time. If you ask me, he deserves this honor. Yet for many, it's not enough. In fact, he could never do enough. I really couldn't say if Michael Vick's a Christian. He was at least someone raised with an awareness and appreciation of God and who God is. He says going to prison brought him to rock bottom. Every night that I went to sleep in prison for 544 days, and I read different scriptures, um, but this one, when I had the down days, when I was, you know, I filed bankruptcy while I was in prison, um, you know, lost a ton of money, uh, and just really felt as if um, I needed the Lord again. I needed him, and I needed him right then and there, and I wanted it right then and there. But what I realized is God works on his own timing. Um, you know, I wanted to read this prayer, you know, and wake up the next morning and be released, but it wasn't the time. And in reading this prayer every day, it just made me a stronger person. It made me more of a believer, uh, and it, it really helped me to become a, a, a true man of God, you know, and strengthen my faith. So this is the prayer that I read every night for 544 nights um, in Leavenworth. Uh, and every time I read it, it took on a different meaning, regardless of what I was going through in my life, good days and bad days. Psalms 23. I know what he did was wrong. We all do. But what restitution is enough? And if you say there is nothing he could ever do to make it right, man, you better think back on your life and the things that you have done. Maybe even things you've done in secret which nobody to this day knows about. Have you ever been forced to publicly make restitution or are your sins still in secret? What is offensive to me is the priorities of so many in our country. Dogs were hurt. Yet how many babies are killed every day at places like Planned Parenthood? Yeah. Dogfighting is an outrage, no doubt. And yet videos of fights in department stores or liberals attacking Trump supporters on college campuses, these things are entertaining. These things are humorous. Mm -hmm. Nothing? No outrage there at all? Listening to all the list of things, you know, the missteps that Michael Vick made in his youth, it just sounded to me like most young people who don't understand how good they have it at first. You know, he did all this stuff. He's got the marijuana. He's got the dog fighting. He's got the STDs. He's got all this stuff. And then he has an event in his life where he goes to jail for almost two years and he comes out and he's learned a lot and he's matured and after having experienced something like that. And now on the other side of that event, you hear he's making restitution for his bankruptcy. He's working with charities. He's donating money. He's doing good things with his life. It sounds like a young man who was forced to grow up and learn his lesson, and he grew up and he learned it. And like you said, the majority of us, probably all of us, have things in our lives that we've done that we've had to make restitution for, or maybe we haven't because maybe we haven't got in trouble for it yet. But we mm -hmm. all have things that we would not want to be held over our heads. And to have a double standard of, well, yeah, 
he ran a dogfighting ring, and he should never be forgiven for that, and his ability to make a living should be affected by that forever. How many things have you done that you would not want to have your uh, your ability to make a living affected by that for the rest of your life because you know you're not the same person that you were at that point? I think it's clear Michael Vick's not the same person that he was at that point. I think that's a double standard if you sign that petition. Michael Vick has more integrity than many people who serve you and I at church each week. Let's just be honest. Would you ever show your face again after you got out from prison, let alone working as an advocate against the very crimes which you were involved in? Would you pay your debts 99 cents on the dollar, or would bankruptcy be a free ticket out for you? Michael Vick has paid more than we'll probably ever really know. He has damaged his reputation, and now many will never forgive him, and he will never be able to fully repair it. Nicodemus tried to reason with the Jewish leaders, warning them of judging Jesus hastily. He said in John chapter 7, verse 51, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? Sometimes when we make a mistake in life, it feels like that's it. It's all over for you. But God gives second chances. Jonah ran from God because he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. But even though he was swallowed up by a great fish, he wasn't killed, and he was used by God. Peter denied Christ three times, but God used him mightily after that. In fact, it was Peter whom God used to preach a message who brought 3,000 people or so to salvation. The prophet Elijah became fearful, even fell into depression and self-pity. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15, God said to Elijah, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Basically, God told him, This ain't over. Get up and finish what I've called you to do. Maybe that's what God's saying to you right now. Get up and do what I've called you to do. You didn't do it the first time I told you, but now I'm going to give you a second chance. Maybe you failed the first time, but now you get a second chance. You let somebody or something stop you the first time. But here's a second chance. Your future is not determined by your past. Your future is not determined by what you used to be. Your future is determined by who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for you, if you choose to believe that. In John chapter 8, there's the account of a woman taken in adultery. The crowd wanted to condemn the woman, much the same way they do Michael Vick, or maybe you. Her situation seemed hopeless, but with God, she got a second chance. In John chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus told her, Neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Jesus didn't give her another chance so she could go out and keep making the same mistakes, falling into sin again and again. Have you ever asked God for a second chance? Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. None of us are righteous. And we all need a second chance if we're going to make it to heaven and be with God after our time in this life is done. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to God and we ask him to forgive us, he will indeed forgive us. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your past doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter who you've hurt, and it doesn't matter who's hurt you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. Maybe it's time you let God be part of your life. Maybe it's time you let God give you a second chance. Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Jesus Christ died on the cross, laying down his sinless life, which was perfect and holy, in order to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. And when you ask God to forgive you, and you're willing to repent from your sin, meaning you're willing to turn away from it, he extends his amazing grace and accepts Jesus' righteousness instead of your sinfulness. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 say that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, if you haven't asked God to forgive you, if you haven't asked God for that second chance, you need to take that step. Without forgiveness, we're still condemned as a result of our sins. The next verse, John 3.18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God is able to change us. God changes us from the inside out. You and I, we might be able to take a man, clean him up, put him in a new suit, but God is the only one who can take a suit and put a new man in it. You could change the outward man by changing your hairstyle, changing your clothes. You can have a new attitude. You can even make an effort to smile more or be nicer. But only Jesus can make all things new and give you a second chance. If you want to be forgiven of your sins and spend eternity in heaven, then admit to God that you are a sinner and ask him to forgive you. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Pray to God and admit to him your sin and guilt. Tell him you believe that he died on the cross for you and that he was buried and rose again. And ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you in repenting from sins. And if there is some way which we can help, maybe something that we can pray about for you, please let us know. You can always reach out to us through our website. The website address is btgprogram.com. Stick around. We have plenty more to do. Coming up, we got shenanigans. We got You Like That. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Taking a look back now on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Thursday, December 12th. The Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The season came to an end for Roberts Wesleyan women's soccer team last Friday night in the semifinals of the NCCAA Championship. The Red Hawks fell to Cedarville University 1-0. Senior Kelsey Prinkel made seven saves and goal in her final appearance for the Red Hawks. As we reported last week, the men also had qualified for the championship tournament. They had fallen just one round shy of the Final Four, falling to top-ranked Mid-America Christian 2-0 last Wednesday. Congratulations to both teams on making it to the NCCAA Championships. Last Saturday was a tough night for the Roberts Wesleyan basketball teams on the road against Damon College. The women dropped their East Coast Conference opener 70-47, Emily Miller and Sarah Nady each scoring nine points to lead the Red Hawks. The men were facing a tough challenge in trying to upset nationally ranked Damon. The Red Hawks haven't defeated Damon since 2011, and they weren't able to pull off the upset, losing 96-70. The loss was the 20th straight to the I-90 rival. 
Armand Nasiri led the Red Hawks with 16 points, while Reggie Clark added 13. There are no home games in the week ahead again this week for Roberts Wesleyan Athletics. The women's basketball team will return home Saturday, January 4th against Cheney University of Pennsylvania, and it's a basketball doubleheader on Friday, January 10th, with the women hosting the University of Bridgeport at 6 p.m., followed by the men at 8. Mark your calendars and go on out to the Voller Athletic Center on the Roberts Wesleyan College campus and support the Red Hawks because they are, after all, the only Division II college athletics program in Rochester. You can stay up to date at their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta at BTG program or btgprogram.com. We are recording in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. The show is heard all around the world via podcast. This week, we'd like to say hello to Cairo, Georgia, one of the many places to download last week's program. Cairo's in the southernmost part of Georgia, and it's the birthplace of the legendary Jackie Robinson. Most people are unaware. Jackie had an older brother, Mac, who was also born in Cairo, won the silver medal in the 200 meter at the 1936 Summer Olympics in Berlin. He actually broke the Olympic record, but still finished in second place behind Jesse Owens. Teresa Edwards played professional basketball. She won four gold medals, appearing in the 1984 Olympics in L.A., the 88 games in Seoul, South Korea, 96 in Atlanta, and 2000 in Sydney, Australia. She also won bronze in 1992 in Barcelona, Spain. Mickey Thomas, probably the most recognizable lead voice for Jefferson Starship, or Starship, depending on which lineup you're familiar with. He's also the lead voice on Elvin Bishop's big hit, Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Thanks for listening in Cairo, Georgia, and to you, wherever it is you're listening from as well. Here's Zach Barletta with this week's Shenanigans Statements. All right, number one, if the NFL playoffs began this week, the 6-7 and seven Cowboys would win their division and have a home game against the 10-3 and three Seahawks. Truth or shenanigans? Playoff teams should be reseeded in the postseason according to record so that teams with better records get home games regardless of whether they were division winners. I say shenanigans, and I get that this year looks egregious. The NFC East, well, it's awful. For so long, it was the strongest division in football, and now I, those days are obviously gone. But the divisions and the schedules, they're not equal. A wildcard team may have a better record because it plays in a weaker division and gets to play weaker teams twice a year. 
the Patriots have enjoyed this for how long now? Mm -hmm. Although that, too, seems to be coming to an end. I, I just don't think reseeding fixes what people think it's going to fix. But yes, this year, whoever wins the NFC East is surely the weakest team in the playoff field. But you know what they say, once you get in. I was waiting for you to finish that. Once, <laughs> well, once you, you know what in, they say. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I'm going to say that I agree. Uh, I, I would like to see them reseeded. I, I've heard this idea brought up from time to time, and I always was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And I'll admit, I'm more invested this year because the Buffalo Bills are one of the teams that would be affected by this. But Favorably. Favorably, yeah. But I just, I think, you know, there's teams that uh, get a first, there, there, there might be teams that get a first round bye this year, and there are wild card teams potentially with a better record. I just, you know, I, it bothers me. And I think that uh, to, to reseed them based on how many games you won, how many games you lost, you know, a lot of these teams have had similar schedules. The Patriots and Bills have played basically the same teams. Um, I think it's more fair. Granted, I don't think it's a huge emergency, like you said. Um, I just, I would personally like to see it. I would like to see it if all things were equal. Yeah. But they're not. All right, that's fair. Truth or shenanigans, the Yankees gave Garrett Cole way too much money and will regret this signing. What do you think? Shenanigans. <laughs> Good. I think that was predictable, but... You know, look at the market has gone up. The prices have gone up. Uh, Garrett Cole is worth the money that he got, especially considering the Yankees are easy World Series favorites at this point, and they probably were before the signing. But you look at the rest of the American League, at least, and their window is wide open. They're in the middle of the window with this core before everybody gets older and more expensive. This is the time you pay the money up front. You go for it. You win a bunch of championships in all likelihood, and you deal with the back end of the contract when it comes. In addition to the fact that there's not a pitcher on the caliber of Garrett Cole coming available in free agency over the next few years after this, this is the time to go for it. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, I agree with you, shenanigans. And I'll tell you, I do hate the money. It's hard for me to say somebody's worth it, but man, somebody was going to pay him the money. I hate it because ultimately it's the fans who end up footing the bill. But standing on the sideline on principle only results, as I say, in somebody else paying a player. I know the Yankees buying a championship complaints are coming. I know they're coming. But somebody was going to pay that player, Yankees yep. or somebody else. Complain about the Nationals buying a title with Strasburg because they pretty much set the Cole contract mm -hmm. when they signed him. He has an opt-out, which if the Yankees have won a title or two or maybe even three, who knows? Well, maybe they hope he takes the opt-out. Maybe by then they have a number of young prospects to take over. The thing is, he's younger and more dominant than any free agent in recent memory. And in this particular case, I may not love the numbers, but I don't think it was too much. I think the Yankees were positioned, as you pointed out, to do it, and I don't think they're going to regret it. Number three, Major League Baseball has unbanned marijuana in, in the minor leagues and will no longer be testing players for it. This is an effort to stop players from turning to opio opioids, which caused the death of Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs last season. Truth or shenanigans, allowing minor leaguers to use weed is a good idea. I agree. Now, I'm admittedly somewhat ignorant on this subject, but as long as they're using it legally and they're using it under medical supervision, which, of course, if they were testing for it, they wouldn't be able to even do that. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. I, we're not talking about recreational just getting high for the sake of getting high. We're talking mm. about pain relief. So, look, I, I, I think so. But again, I, I'm somewhat ignorant about this. 
I'm in favor of it. Uh, I agree. I, I just think, you know, so many guys come out of a career in sports with a, a lifetime ahead of them of pain from the injuries yeah. that they've been through, the effort that they've been through. We've seen what opioids can do. There's epidemics across the country and the world right now. I think that allowing these guys a natural alternative to that's, you know, not a pill addiction. We've seen what that can do to people's lives. It killed Tyler Skaggs. I think this is a, a good alternative, and I'm in favor of it. When we come back, something encouraging from the world of sports. It's our You Like That segment. Come on back along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back. Final segment of this week's Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears is my You Like That choice for this week. Mack went into the Walmart in his hometown of Fort Pierce, Florida, and through his Khalil Mack Foundation, paid off the holiday layaway accounts for 350 people or so, accounts which totaled around $80,000. This is not the first time Mack has given back to his community. It's not even the first time in recent months. Back in June, Mack gave 100 pairs of cleats to the Fort Pierce Westwood football team. The generosity and the Christmas spirit of Chicago Bears' Khalil Mack is what I like, like this week. You like that? You know, actually, Benson, this almost never happens, but... I also had Khalil Mack paying off the Walmart no layaway. Is my you like that this week? I think in the six years or whatever we've been doing this program, maybe that's happened one other time. It yeah. doesn't. You're right. It doesn't happen often. No, I guess that's the one for this year then. But yeah, Khalil Mack paying off the layaway was a great story. Um, you know, I kind of wish that his hometown was Rochester and he could pay away my layaway, but uh, that. that was what I liked like this week. That. Well, thanks so much for being with us this week here on the Beyond the Game program. And I know you know this. But I need to tell you that this radio program is mainly listener-supported. Our thanks to you who have given, and we want to remind all our listeners that we do depend on your support, both prayerful and financial, to keep this radio ministry on the air. We'd ask that you please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry, and if you do feel led to give a financial gift of any amount, whether that be recurring or a one-time gift, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.